0: Welcome to JourneyWithJesus.net, a weekly webzine for the global church. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin. Our essay this week is called From Ash Wednesday to the Beginning of Lent. It's based upon a lectionary reading for Ash Wednesday, February 22nd, but which will also be our essay for Sunday, February 26th. A Day of Ashes and Rituals of Renewal. (coughs) It's a guest essay by novelist Ron Hansen. Ron's many books include Mariette in Ecstasy and, most recently, Exiles. Among his many honors are a Guggenheim Foundation grant, an award in literature from the American Academy and National Institute of Arts and Letters, two grants from the National Endowment for the Arts, and a three-year fellowship from the Lindenhurst Foundation. Ron Hansen is currently the Gerard Manley Hopkins Professor in the Arts and Humanities at Santa Clara University, where he also earned an M.A. in Spirituality in 1995. A Day of Ashes and Rituals of Renewal by Ron Hansen I have always thought of Ash Wednesday as the Christian version of the Jewish holiday Yom Kippur, or Day of Atonement. Even some of my Jewish friends who do not regularly go to synagogue services, or generally ignore their religious instructions and customs, often feel the need for greater orthodoxy on Yom Kippur. They will attend the first evening service for the singing of the liturgical prayer called the Kol Nidre, or All Vows. They'll fast the full day and observe the Talmudic restrictions on hygiene and dress. The call of the holiday is for a confession of offenses against the Holy One, along with solemn petitions for forgiveness in the hope of being inscribed in the Book of Life for the next year. So it is for Ash Wednesday. Originally called Dia Cenerum, or Day of Ashes, Ash Wednesday has inaugurated the season of Lent since at least the 8th century, when it was a confessional penance for notorious sinners to humiliate themselves, like Job or Daniel, with sackcloth and ash. <coughs> that prescription gradually became a form of piety for all Christians. While probably most famous as a Roman Catholic ritual, Anglicans, Episcopalians, Lutherans, Methodists, Presbyterians, and even some Baptists also enact, with different variations, the signing of the cross on the forehead, with the charred remains of last year's Palm Sunday fronds. As a minister intones the quotation from the book of Genesis, Remember that thou art dust, and unto dust thou shalt return. And though no denomination obligates its members to attend the service, yet churches are often more crowded on that holy day than on the Sabbath. Of all Christianity's public ceremonies, Ash Wednesday is perhaps the most introspective at its core, and the root of that is in the first reading this week from the book of Joel. The first chapter of Joel is a lamentation calling its hearer's attention to a presumably well-known infestation of locusts that caused devastation to the fields and starvation to Judah's inhabitants. The prophet's oracle in our reading from the second chapter is a plaintive call for fasting, repentance, and prayer to the Lord. As Joel puts it, "...for gracious and merciful is he." slow to anger, rich in kindness, and relenting in punishment. But crucial to full reconciliation, says Joel, is not the theater of cultic ritual, but interiority and self-examination. As he puts it, rend your heart, not your garments. Reconciliation is also central in Paul's letter to his converts in Corinth. In the Old Testament reading, the Lord's vengeance toward his land and people was adjourned in response to their entreaties. But here, Paul makes a fundamental theological correction by noting that the hostility is fully ours, and it is humanity that needs to, quote-unquote, relent from sin and harmonize with God. And here he also notes that we who have been justified once and for all by Christ's sacrifice on the cross— still have to strive continually to become Christ's righteousness for others, or we will have received, as Paul puts it, the grace of God in vain. Three principal acts of piety are highlighted in the Gospel reading from Matthew this week. Almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. Written at a time when the Matthean community was garnering opposition from some Jewish factions, This extension of the Sermon on the Mount offers a hint of Jesus' humor that is often lost in translation as he caricatures the ostentatious displays of those who follow the letter of Joel's oracle but persist in rending their garments, but not their hearts. It would be a mistake to think of Lent solely as 40 days of hunger and denial, In one Eucharistic prayer in the Roman Missal, we find these beautiful words addressed to God. Dear Lord, each year you give us this joyful season when we prepare to celebrate the Paschal Mystery with mind and heart renewed. Renewal and growth are what Jesus sought for his disciples. They are the fundamental to the teaching of all our readings for Ash Wednesday." In the Day of Atonement as well. A Day of Ashes in Rituals of Renewal, a guest essay by novelist Ron Hansen. For books this week, I review 30 Lessons for Living, tried and true advice from the wisest Americans. The author is Carl Pilmer. New York, Hudson Street Press, 2011, 271 pages. I read this book after seeing it featured on the PBS NewsHour and also reviewed in the New York Times. Carl Pilmer is a professor of human development at Cornell University who specializes in gerontology. He founded the Cornell Institute for Translational Research on Aging. This book presents the results of a study in which Pilmer studied a 1,000 elderly people across five years, conducting over 10,000 interviews of various types. An appendix to the book explains the exact nature of that study. Pilmer organizes his book into six major themes, with five life lessons for each theme. The six major themes are Marriage, Work, Parenting, Aging, Living Without Regret, and Happiness. Roughly half of the book features the first-hand accounts from the interviews. Throughout the book, he refers to the elderly people as the experts. That's a nice touch that honors the aged for their experiential wisdom. It's safe to say these people have experienced the full range of life experiences, joy and sorrow, success and failure, sickness and health, bitterness and joy, poverty and wealth, and so on. Virtually all the people in the study lived through the war and the Great Depression. For a successful marriage, for example, marry someone similar to you. Cultivate friendship. Learn to communicate, don't keep score, and commit yourself not just to a person, but to the institution of marriage. As for work, not one person in a thousand, not a single person would encourage you to emphasize financial reward. Rather, find something you enjoy. In the theme of parenting, you're headed for deep regret if you don't spend time with your kids. Real time, and not the euphemistic so-called quality time. Aging, say the experts, is far more enjoyable than we've been led to believe. (coughs) To avoid regret, live honestly. Say yes to opportunity. Travel more. Choose a mate carefully. And live in the moment. Finally, according to the experts, happiness is a choice, not a condition. The book concludes with ten questions to ask the experts in your life. The author is Carl Pilmer, 30 Lessons for Living. For for film this week, I review the movie Hell and Back Again, 2011. Hell and Back Again received an Oscar nomination for Best Documentary for its portrayal of Sergeant Nathan Harris of Echo Company, 2nd Battalion, 8th Marine Regiment. The story begins in the United States with a pep talk full of the bravado of war. The commander says, make no mistake, we're experts in the application of violence. Your conscience should be clear. And believe me, Echo Company, and believe me, Echo Company is going to change history starting early tomorrow morning. The film then moves to Afghanistan and reveals those lies for what they are. It's shocking how the documentary draws us into the chaos, confusion, and futility of war. The story then cuts back and forth from the war zone to the United States. Back at home, Sergeant Harris struggles to recover from a bullet that shattered his hip. He has a rod from hip to knee, requires a walker or wheelchair. He pops pills of all sorts. His wife must dress him and were with him on visits to the psychiatrist, physical therapist, and orthopedist. And the Afghans were liberating? One villager laments, Our kids are petrified. They're starving. They have diarrhea from the river water. We can't plant our wheat, and 18 houses are burned to the ground. We can't resist you, and we can't resist the Taliban. Please leave. Hell and Back Again, from 2011. And finally, for the beginning of Lent in Ash Wednesday, we've posted a marvelous poem by the Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann. The title of the poem is called Marked by Ashes. Ruler of the night, guarantor of the day, this day a gift from you. This day like none other you have ever given or we have ever received. This Wednesday dazzles us with gift and newness and possibility. This Wednesday burdens us with the tasks of the day, for we are already halfway home, <coughs> halfway back to committees and memos, halfway back to calls and appointments, halfway on to next Sunday, halfway back Half frazzled, half expectant, half turned to you, half rather not. This Wednesday is a long way from Ash Wednesday, but all our Wednesdays are marked by ashes. We begin this day with that taste of ash in our mouth, of failed hope and broken promises, of forgotten children and frightened women, We ourselves are ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We can taste our mortality as we roll the ash around on our tongues. We are able to ponder our ashness with some confidence, only because our every Wednesday of ashes anticipates your Easter victory over that dry, flaky taste of death. On this Wednesday, we submit our ashen way to you, you Easter parade of newness. Before the sun sets, take our Wednesday and Easter us. Easter us to joy and energy and courage and freedom. Easter us that we may be fearless for your truth. Come here and Easter our Wednesday with mercy and justice and peace and generosity. We pray as we wait for the risen one who comes soon. Walter Brueggemann, Mark by Ashes. And thank you for joining us this week of Ash Wednesday in the first Sunday in Lent, February 26. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin.